intro to nicholas's cage. thank you alice if anything now it's like every episode you're where you're playing some other weird instrument <laughs> but um so let me explain off the bat that this might be weird because the episode that we finally put out yet the this week was from like months ago from the summer um but that's just because we've been trying to like get stuff ready to actually put out and it's just taken a long time um but we are going to we're recording this now like in real time but then the next episode will be something that we recorded a long time ago so that's a little confusing sorry (laughs) i should know better by now but um but the reason why we are interrupting our schedule is because we have something important to talk about and that is mandy mandy we just saw Mandy. We went to the cinema and we saw yeah. it at the Cube, which yep. is a really great cinema everyone should go to in Bristol. <sighs> it is, but I just, I hate their seats. I'm going to just say it. I'm the sorry. seats. Yeah, the seats. <laughs> they make me angry. The, there's, they're, they're old and there's not enough leg room. You know, it makes the, me mad. The people there are cool. The movies they play are yeah, cool. They, yeah, it is true. It's true. It's, it's and a, they let you drink in there and stuff. So they do, cool. yeah. It's, it's a cool um, independent um, cinema in Bristol. Anyway, we saw Mandy. That's the important part. <laughs> Woo! Excuse me, I'm eating fudge. <laughs> I started a fight today and haven't eaten. <laughs> I started a fight with my husband, not like Alice thinks. I just started a fight with a random person. <laughs> okay. Mm. We saw Mandy. It was awesome. I oh, don't chew into the microphone. Wait till you finish the fight. I'm doing ASMR. <laughs> Okay, it's down. <laughs> Is that the fudge song? Okay. We saw Mandy. Then literally the next day I went out and bought the DVD. Um, and if you haven't heard about Mandy, I don't know even how you're like listening to a Nicholas. Oh, maybe you're my mom. Which hi, mom. <laughs> Thanks for listening and leaving us a review. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, if you know about Nicholas Cage, you've probably heard about Mandy. Um, even if you haven't, it's been creating a lot of buzz. But um, I'm just going to read the back cover of the DVD, what it just says. The um, outline of the movie. So it says, Pacific Northwest, 1983 AD. Outsiders, Red Miller, Nicolas Cage, and Mandy Bloom, Andrea Riseborough, I think is how you say her last name. I'm not sure. Lead a loving pe- and peaceful existence when their pine-scented haven is savagely destroyed by a cult led by sadistic Jeremiah Sand. That's Linus Roche. Red Cage is is catapulted into a phantasmagoric, I love that word, journey filled with bloody vengeance and laced with fire. Very accurate. Yep. Fire! Sounds like the soundtrack to 
Yeah, to be fair, it does. Um, uh, we also need to see the deleted scenes on here, because apparently there is the full cut of the Cheddar Goblin commercial. Oh, okay. Speaking of which, obviously there's going to be spoilers in this movie. If you have not seen Mandy yet and want to see Mandy, do not listen any further. We are definitely going yeah, to Yeah, I think the movie. it's better to go into the movie without knowing it. Which is what we did, yeah. Yeah. Um, we'd seen the trailer. I mean, thus, literally, like, I hadn't read any of the reviews. When Last Part of the Sound the Left would talk about it, I would, like, take out my earbuds. Like, I didn't want to hear anything about it yeah. before um, we went to go see it. But I can say I'm so happy that it was good because I was literally, like, so excited to see this movie. And it sucks when you're, like, really excited to see something and then it's not as good. But it was, it totally lived up to all of my expectations. Yeah. Did you feel the same way? Yeah, like, I didn't want to be, like, overhyped for it, and I don't want to overhype people either. Yeah, that's true. But I did really thoroughly enjoy it, probably because of the, like, I don't know, like, if you like, uh, it's like a heavy metal, like, album cover, but, like, as a movie. Yeah, so it's set in, what was the exact year? 1982? 1983. So it's set in 1983, and it definitely, like, delivers on that, like, 80s like style but i like that it's not too over the top about it yeah it doesn't it's not like it's not like all these like they're not stranger like wearing, things or yeah. it, where it's like wearing these really dated costumes it's like and really ham-fisting the fact that it's the 80s yeah it's just like it's the 80s but that's not really the point of it yeah but you can see the influence under the crimson primordial sky the wretched warlock reached into the dark embrace i figured that the tiger was like Cage. A metaphor for Cage, yeah. And cage it was about, is being like, let it was out about of him being let out of the cage, and that's when he like goes and is like <laughs> Nicholas being set out of yeah. Nicholas's cage. Out of his cage. Oh, oh. oh. has has Panos Cosmatos listened to our podcast somehow? Ooh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like the like um, it's not a. St- well, I've I've read a lot of stuff that said like it's not a story heavy like movie, and I guess it's really not. It's pretty straightforward what the story no, is. No, I, I think it's definitely a bit like if there's any negative, it's definitely more style over substance. But it's not yeah. about. It's not really about the. I wouldn't say it's about the story because it's a very simplistic, just revenge story. You know. But I I. Because I really don't tend to like movies that are like style over substance, but I feel like this was just the right amount of story for me, where it was like, okay, at least there's something going on, you know what I mean? Like, that I can kind of follow. I feel like if it had a more complicated story, you could easily see it turning into like a kind of David Lynch film where it's confusing and you don't understand what's going on. Yeah. But because it was such a simplistic story, you were able to have the way it was told be really weird and like really like dreamlike and like trippy yeah and and it was easier to just like accept everything because it is literally like it goes from zero to 60 really quickly it's like you know uh, nicholas cage and his is it his wife or is his girlfriend his girl i don't know it doesn't say his partner yeah um get you know kidnapped by this cult and she gets murdered and then literally like he's immediately like going for revenge and is this crazy awesome like you know doing drugs and like killing people and um i think it's easier to swallow that when it's like because it looks so crazy and the story is kind of dreamlike that you're just like oh okay like i can accept this i feel like it had like if it was made in a different way you would be a bit like i would i could see myself being a bit pissed off and being like oh you know these kills were kind of quick or Mm. i don't know but the 
the way that the first half of the movie is built up. Yeah. It's built up so slowly and atmospheric. Yeah. That, like, you need all of that. So when the revenge finally comes in, Mm -hmm. you've been built up so much and you, like, care for the characters and you understand, like, his anger and Mm -hmm. it's, like, it makes sense for the film to suddenly turn into a different film. Yeah, because that's all you want to see. Like, it... that's the satisfying thing of any revenge movie, I guess, is the is the is the revenge part, right? His fist closed around the serpent's eye. Strange and eternal. I felt like you get everything in this film, like you get the ambient, like arty, yeah, uh, you know, atmospheric feeling. Stuff, yeah. You get the like drug trippy bit. You get the weird stuff. You get scary. You get like genuinely as well. You get genuinely terrifying imagery. So it's like a bit of a horror. But then you get hilarious moments in it. Yeah. And you get like loads of violence and action. Yeah. And it's just got it's got everything. It really does. The movie. And I think even just the um, we were talking about Chaturgangmu before. So if you haven't seen the movie, there is like. uh, right after Andrea Riseborough Riz- gets murdered, um, Nicolas Cage walks back into his house and the TV is still playing and there's this ridiculous commercial on TV and it's for Cheddar Goblin, Cheddar Goblin mac and cheese. And um, I was actually reading something about it before where it was talking to the guys who created it, who, funny enough, have a last podcast on the left connection because the, one of the guys also worked on is an adult swim guy. He did too yeah. many too many cooks. That video. No, and he, but he also did your pretty face is going to hell. With yeah, yeah. Hen- with uh, Henry, and um, anyway, so but but yeah, so Panas Cosmatos basically had this like joke of like they knew they needed something there, but then they they were gonna just use like a regular old like commercial from the time. They couldn't really find anything, and he had this like inside joke with one of the producers about cheddar goblin and you know oh wouldn't that be so funny if there was a goblin who like threw up mac and cheese and you know whatever (laughs) they just came up with this thing and then they were like oh we need to put it in the movie somehow but they didn't have time to like actually make it or like do it or whatever so they got these guys and um they like went they were so detailed about it like you know the cheddar goblin was like completely made from you know it wasn't you know cgi or anything like that it was completely made um they like wrote a whole like regular commercial script for you know like what would be a regular 30 45 second commercial um and uh they were talking about when they because it apparently was really difficult to get the cheddar goblin to actually like throw up the (laughs) mac and cheese and so the only way they could do it is by one of the guys just literally like fisting a huge tube of mac and cheese and just like punching it really hard so that it would just <laughs> spray everywhere like that was the only way they could get it to work um and they and it wasn't like it wasn't cgi or any, like it was it was actually just real mac and cheese and they just spent like pounds and pounds of mac and cheese and they'd use like all of it um and they were talking about like they had to use like or or pineapple fago or something like that and like <laughs> lemon jello like a bunch of other stuff to make it like a really like orangey and like cheesy looking um but i think that commercial is like the perfect uh there's just the quality about this movie that's so immediately cult-ish do you know what i mean yeah like a, a commercial like the cheddar goblin which is literally in the movie for what like a minute maybe two minutes um is like immediately everybody latches onto it that you know that watches the movie so it's like it was perfectly made for the type of person that would like this movie to you know what i mean like it's 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 
like hitting people in like the nostalgia like yeah. part because it's like oh it's like you know mac and cheese like ridiculous commercial what's film? that dinosaur there's like a dino there's like a mac and cheese dinosaur in america mm. i don't know i can only think of reptar from regrets there's a dinosaur in america that barney <laughs> okay <no. laughs> but and i feel like it was put into like a really like it the use of it was really good because mm. it's like he's you've just finished watching the most horrific scene yeah. ever yeah and it's full of emotion and it's played 100 percent seriously and it's cage doing some of his best acting and he's like crying in yeah. it and you could tell in that scene like so his like girlfriend's getting murdered mm-hmm. and he's crying in it and when you told me the mm-hmm. other week that like he's just gone through a divorce mm-hmm. with his ex-wife in real life mm-hmm. You could tell that he was like channeling that pain in so. that scene. Yeah. And it's so harrowing, it's so distressing. Mm-hmm. And then after he escapes and he comes home mm-hmm. and it's just like And he's like literally like bloodied, like he's not wearing and his And he's like, like so like like disorientated yeah. and everything's just the same as it was and the TV's on. Yeah. And like just and these the, the shitty stupid, commercials the playing because it's on. just like the world doesn't care. Yeah, like it yeah, it was really good. Um I love the well, it's funny too because I don't want to. I want to say it carefully because actually, Cage. I was reading a, a interview that he was talking about the movie, and he was saying that he is hoping that this movie, what he doesn't like about the Cage mashups, you know, that whatever is that they're all taken out of context, so that yeah. they don't, you know, if that's all you know of him is just these little scenes where he's going crazy, and then you're obviously going to think he's insane. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't want something like that to happen to this movie because the director was so. Uh, careful about what he put in and wh- where he put it and all that stuff. Yeah. He doesn't want people to take stuff out of context. So he doesn't please, want it to be memed. Yeah, exactly. Please do, please, please do not. Before you meme Cheddar Goblin, you must see the movie. Only, only those who see the movie may meme. I think you could tell that the scene where he breaks down and has a classic freak out. Yes, you could tell that that was written in there because it was. He was probably like Panos whatever his name is he was probably like you know like we've got cage in this film so we kind of need to write a freak out and it was it was the perfect amount like it wasn't too over the top no and it fit completely into the story in the context of what was happening because you would freak out in that situation it wasn't strange for him to be freaking out and he didn't take it too over the top no but it was still like when everyone did it everyone was like yeah everyone was clapping yeah everyone was laughing yeah "Yeah, this is what we this is what we want. Cape, it's yeah. like fan service. It's like yeah. they gave us the fan service. I'm going hunting. So what you hunting? It's crazy evil. Basically, Cage said exactly what we were saying, what we've been saying, is that he was... Well, I wanted to say, too, that this movie is... Oh, also, too. Oh, <laughs> all, all over the place. I don't want to overlook what you said, Alice, that it is important to note and, and sad and poor Cage and, you know, we hope our hearts go out to Cage and, and Alice Cage and a little Kal-El Cage, <laughs> um, that, yeah, they, they had finalized their separation, their divorce, whatever, like, literally right before or right around this movie. So Cage has said in a few interviews that um, he, like, directly kind of tried to channel some of that into this movie, um, which is healthy and good, I guess. Mm. It definitely well, I mean, it, like it what Like, you could tell that, like, totally. that scene in particular... Like, that's where he was drawing from. Yeah. Like, you could tell. It was, like, symbolic for him, probably. I know. Um, yeah, uh, but basically, uh, I also want to say, too, that this movie is a uh, 
a video on demand thing. So when it came out in theaters, it came out on video on demand. Um, and I was just reading an article about how this movie was so popular and that all of the fans wanted to see it specifically in theaters, which like never happens with movies that are released this way, um, that it forced the distributors to open it to other theaters. So if you're wondering why, uh, but if you're wondering why this movie isn't in your like local big like movie chain theater, um, those theaters uh, like refuse to play video like movies that are shown in theaters and on video on demand at the same time. Yeah, like it can only be exclusively so you in the see theaters. It in like an indie cinema. Yeah, so they're all in like independent art house cinemas. Um, but. I think that's amazing. And I also think it's really funny because Cage has been doing video on demand movies for years now. And when he first started, everybody was making fun of him about saying like, oh, you know, how the mighty have fallen and you have an Oscar and you're stooping down to, you know, video on demand and blah, blah, blah. But like everybody, like that's the, that's what people want now. No I'm, one wants to leave their house. I'm so glad that this is like a successful movie. Me too. Because like, I'm sick of just shit that's terrible uh, yes exactly being successful and then stuff like this just being overlooked what's cool about this is that like what I, the article i was reading is like all for all future movies now that are released in this way are going to be judged by this movie because it's done so well mm. um and that it's a real opportunity for people like this director who's kind of like this crazy kind of like out there director to do something cool and still make money off of it right because you still make a lot of money on video on demand because it's so easy for people to just buy the movie because they're just sitting at home um but still like you know maybe make yeah. some more cooler movies because you know you can make yeah, the money it's back. like if you make a more visually interesting movie people mm -hmm. are gonna want to see that on a big In screen theaters, yeah of course because even like i was showing this to my uh housemates like mm -hmm. the other day and we were watching it on like the regular tv yeah and we spent like i was trying to like figure out how to get it on a projector how to make it bigger because i was just like it's not the same it's not the same watching it on a small tv no. you want to watch it as big as possible yeah and you want to take a bunch of edibles oh <laughs> man also i think cage was totally ahead of the time with the video on demand stuff and f you to anyone who made fun of him for stooping to video because <laughs> it's working now baby yeah it's the future yeah man people don't go to cinema oh anymore, oh the yeah. quote um so he had this great quote saying about like uh you know people are you know oh people can watch my many movies on um places like netflix or itunes or whatever and uh they know what they're gonna get they know that i'm always gonna throw down <laughs> and that uh, yeah and that i'm always gonna give it my all and that um the, he said something like the movie may not work but um but the audience knows the movie, that I, yeah. yeah that i'm gonna that i'm gonna give it my all and that you know i care about the audience i care about their experience and um also too if you uh read a lot of nick nicholas cage interviews like he's a real like film buff like he loves film he loves television he loves um the whole experience of all of that like he really romanticizes that um, especially like he talks all the time about watching movies or TV shows as a kid and like how mind blowing it was and all this stuff. So I think he remembers that and wants that for the audience when they see his movies. Yeah. And I think this movie for sure delivers on it. And, um, you can tell because people are literally like begging and making the distributors like change the entire plan for the movie. Mm. Now they've added it to be in th theaters for longer and they were not planning to do that at all. Yeah. I thought the... I don't know the, the 
I feel like the sense of humor was really good as well. Like the first, yeah, the first half is just like really it, serious. It's the right. And then mixture. the second half, it gets like a bit goofy. But it's like I I described it as like it's like the video game Doom. Yeah. But if like it was a movie and Nick Cage was playing Doom I mean, guy. Yeah. But like. The, there's like a bit where he forges his own oh, yeah. sword, his his own scythe to like get revenge on this guy. But he goes to like the effort of like making it look cool and like metal, <laughs> like heavy metal looking, and like it's designed on the back cover here, like really cool. Like I put a picture on our Instagram. That was the one thing at Cage Cage Pod. That was the one thing that I was a little bit disappointed in is that he goes to the effort of like forging this sick scythe. Mm. And he uses it on, like, the minor people. Yeah, but he, he doesn't, doesn't use it. it for the final boss battle. Because yeah. the whole thing plays out like a video game. Like, it is just... Like, this could easily be made into, like, an indie game where it's just fighting bosses. Yeah. But, like, the final boss battle, which is, like, the cult leader, he just well, maybe, uses his bare hands. I know, but maybe by then he just wanted to... You know what I mean? I know, but it's like... Maybe, like, when it's... When the journey... Why would you forge that well, scythe maybe, unless that's what you wanted when the journey started, he thought, ah, yes, this is the way I'm going to want to kill him. And then he got there and he's like, no, I just want to rip him apart with my bare hands. I just... I felt like it would have been satisfying if he'd have saved the scythe for the end. Yeah. And then maybe killed the less minor people, like, in, in more interesting ways. Well, he had the... I don't know. Like, I feel like he could have... Yeah, he had, like, a a bow. bow what are those called like king crossbows crossbow yeah. he had a crossbow and like he kills one of them and it's just like happens for like a split second and stuff yeah. like i felt like the kills could have my favorite been more my favorite kills were um obviously the chainsaw fight there's a chainsaw chainsaw fight yeah that was funny because he it's had great. like a giant like classic long like sephiroth like chainsaw <laughs> sword yeah. Which was Classic. funny, yeah. Um, and I liked the um fight with the guy with the weird like 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 pe- the weird like what was that like? What, what are, those are you talking about? <laughs> I wish you could She's see like me right now making penis gestures. <laughs> I'm literally but I pointing to my crotch. I don't remember. And then, like, making... I don't remember a penis guy. <laughs> the the guys the the biker gang the guy with the like. What are those called? Those like spiky, the like with the penis uh, spike for a penis. I don't, I didn't notice that he had a spike for a penis. Yes! He had spikes all over him. No, that was his penis. Remember, because he was watching porn, and then his. I and didn't then... see. I didn't. I see. I wasn't looking in that direction. <laughs> so they made a joke I about did. it. They made. They made a joke of. Oh my god! Please, someone tell completely. me if they've seen, seen this movie and they know what I'm talking I've about. I've seen this film twice and because, I didn't. Oh see. my gosh! Oh my. Okay, now we're gonna go. I'm gonna put it on so I can specifically see if I'm going crazy or not. I think. I think they. I think. I think. I think he's just sitting there. No, he had a spike for a penis. I mean, he's got spikes all over it. Because he was watching porn and then his spike raised up. Oh, okay. Well, I, I just missed that. <laughs> okay. Please, someone else have that seen was, it because I hope I'm not though. crazy. You think you're so in love. I'll show you love. I think the thing that... The reason why that I was slightly dissatisfied by the final fight mm. is because I think it wasn't the ultimate revenge because her death was more painful and cruel than yeah. his death. There uh, there was more, like, torture like in his, her death. His was kind of instant. Yeah. A bit. Like, I don't know, he, like, squeezes his head and it, like... It would have been painful, but mm. being burnt alive would, yeah. is more painful. So, like, he should have been burnt or he should have been tortured a bit more yeah. beforehand. Agreed. That's, that's just me being sick. But, <laughs> no. I mean, it's still a satisfying no, film. I mean, it's still like, a satisfying ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... I think it's... That's actually a good point. I didn't think about that when I watched it. Yeah, but... I was thinking, like, I would if this was me and I was Nick Cage, I would be like, it's got to be equal, you know? Yeah. Like, you have to go through what she went through. Or or more. Or least. more, yeah. 
Mm. But it was, I don't know. Yeah, it worked. It worked still. And it's all about the journey, man, as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this film looks amazing. Like, the visuals are the music on is another amazing level. As the well. music is amazing. The, um, it's the, who did the music? It's like that prog rock um, King, King Crimson. Is that his name? Oh. King Crimson. I thought that was, uh, let's see, original music by, oh wait, I think that's just the Well, composer. I don't remember if it was, see, I don't know anything about this particular genre, so. Yeah, I uh, don't either. I'm just looking at the DVD. Chastise me if I get it wrong, but I heard that someone involved in the music, this Probably. was the last thing they did before they died. Ooh. Well, um, it says the origi- original music is by Johan Johansson. I think maybe Johan died, or uh r.i.p if that's true johan i always think it's i mean no offense to johan's memory if he's indeed dead or if but i always King think Crimson, it's weird it could be that i don't know people are named like two things like ron ronaldson or something you johan, know johan johansson it's just like why why oh, anyway um well, we'll have to look that up and, and see later. But um, R.I.P. R.I.P. to whoever it was. <laughs> but this was that was a way to go out. Like the soundtrack yeah, was man, amazing. Sound, it was it was incredible. Everything about this film is good. Like the soundtrack is like stunning. Really good. The visuals are stunning. Yeah. The I acting think it's like, is really good. The woman in it is great. Yes, who she's looks exactly like, like Shelley Duvall. Yeah, she's just like Shelley Duvall, but like she's very like she's genuinely haunting looking. Like yeah. she doesn't really say much or do much. No, but, but she has the right look for this she movie. She is so kind of she's got that perfect mixture of like weirdly beautiful but like hot like terrifying yeah, at, the at the same time, time and like yeah. re- kind of like, weird could be a ghost. Yeah. Like she looks like strange which makes it so like and she has that weird, um, they never explain what the scar is on her face. But the scar, if you look, it's kind of like an inverted cross. I don't know, but she kind of haunts the entire film. The whole film seems to be reflecting of her. Yeah. Like, she's into heavy metal, she's into yeah. art, she's and into drawing tigers. And the books she reads, like, the covers of yeah, those look exactly the fan, like... Yeah, so it's like everything visuals. she likes is what the film... It's why the film's called Mandy, you Yeah, know? like, but she definitely did a good performance in just her face alone. i think so yeah and that bit where it's like the cult leader's face yeah. and then it merges into her face really slowly yeah. but it's so slow that's that, why like, like don't get too high because that'll freak you out well i was looking at that and i was like am i going insane like i thought like i just that was so weird it. it was like just like a weird snapchat filter but like done really well where it was like yeah literally like there there's two phases morphing like into each other like back and forth back and forth um and also too like i think the moment where she really was like oh not over the top but like her because she doesn't do much like she's not loud she doesn't have like you know whatever but like that moment where she laughs at the cult leader yeah i think that i think she did that really well that was really satisfying i'm glad that she did that because the whole time i was like oh you know she's drugged she's not gonna tell this guy to fuck off you know what i mean like she normally would and then still through all of it she was just like you wrote a song about yourself like you're you're such a fucking idiot you know it's like charles manson isn't it? yeah oh totally Yeah, Yeah. yeah yeah That was so funny. It's like, oh, do you know the Carpenters? Well, this is even better. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think definitely trying to be Charles Manson. Oh, and speaking of the cult leader, um, a fact people may not know is that Nicolas Cage was originally supposed to play the cult leader's part. We talked about this when we watched it. Um, but I'm glad in the end that Nicolas Cage fought for the main part because 
I think the guy that they got to play the cult leader was really good. Yeah, I think he definitely looks more like a cult he leader. He looked a lot like a And also, too, like, the cult leader, you know, um, uh, burns the main character's partner. Like, I don't want to see Nicolas Cage do that, man. I want to see him Nicolas kill Cage, that man. Nicolas Cage can play a villain. I'm like, not saying he'd be he a can, good villain. but I'm just saying, like, I don't want him to be too bad. I mean, I'd be fine with it, but I think he needed the the hero role so to get over his own yeah, for uh, sure, like some grief personal of his yeah, like personal he, stuff. He his... I too am a special one. Oh, here's another good line from the back. It's Mandy. Here's a good like one liner. If if someone's like, oh, what's Mandy about? This is what you can tell them in one line. Mandy is a twisted journey into heavy metal revenge. Heavy metal. Revenge, Nicholas Cage with a scythe and a chainsaw and a crossbow and a cult leader. There's a tiger too, and there's drugs. It's a weird biker gang. This movie has everything. All you could want. Seriously, go see it. Um, if it's still in theaters near you, um, I think I read that it's going to be in most theaters until November, which is like, I think the end of November. So you've got the rest of the month to see it. Definitely go check it out. If you can't see it in theaters, that's a shame, but definitely get the DVD anyway. Try to get a big giant screen, some good speakers. Yeah. See it in like the best quality you can. Turn off all the lights. Yeah. Try to don't, don't go buy it. Like don't try to stream it off of like some horrible website. Buy it, support Panos Cosmatos. Yeah. Support Panos Cosmatos. Watch, uh, support the Cheddar Goblin guys. Support Cheddar Goblin. Cheddar. Cheddar. That's the only thing it was missing was you in the background going, Cheddar. Um, I'm so mad that I didn't see this movie before Halloween so I could have dressed up as Cheddar Goblin. Uh, yeah. Pay for it so that they'll make, hopefully they'll, they, Nicolas Cage and Panos Cosmatos will make another movie again together. I think they're really good together. Yeah. Oh, I'd be, I'm excited to see whatever other movies Whatever he, he does, yeah. He has another movie he did before this that I'm I think, probably going to go see. Yeah, I, I think that one was like even less on the story. So it was kind of like. I don't know. I like a wit. It's like, I can handle like see, a weird like non-story so thing then I'm just if like, it's why am visually I interesting. This? But that's that's why I think this but you're an appeals artiste. to so many people is because yeah, it's it weird. Just enough. It's a perfect amount of weirdness, but mm-hmm. you're still able to follow, follow it. Follow the story, yeah. So where you're just like, okay, I feel that's why this is so successful. You know, yeah. And um, let's campaign for this now to be nominated for an Oscar. I swear to God, the Oscars get Cage an Oscar. Get Cage get an Cage Oscar. Another Oscar. <laughs> get Cage specifically for this. Yeah. for Mandy. Mandy needs to be nominated for or at just least anyone involved in the music, the seven Oscars, cinematography, yeah. something. Yeah, something. At least one. Yeah. We're not asking for a lot here. At least one. And I swear to God, if someone's nominated for an Oscar, like an acting Oscar for this and it's not Nicolas Cage for Mandy, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> like if it was a cult leader or something and not Nicolas Cage, I would be furious. I like the guy that was like, was it the like mentally challenged, like inbred guy oh, the one that was, was his mouth that was yeah, always open what if that wasn't acting <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah uh check it out support this cheddar goblin cheddar. Um, <laughs> i don't know what else to say that's pretty much it right go see mandy i guess we'll let you out now from nicholas's cage oh no i won't i lost the key ha 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 you're stuck in here forever ah, 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 ah. There you go.
You're a special one, Mandy. I, too, am a special one. This is an audio wizard. I told you it. You see? <laughs>